Hey guys, it's Allison. I am so glad you're here with me. I want to tell you that this podcast, From Weeds to Wildflowers, it's all about resilience. So then it's pretty much about life. And if you've ever experienced life, then this podcast could possibly be for you. I want to put a disclaimer out there first. I am not a therapist. I'm not here to give you advice or to tell you what to do. What I am though is human. Yep, same as you. A human being that has an immense desire to want to help people discover ways to heal. There is so much suffering in this world, some of which stems from outside influences, but most of our suffering comes from within, from our own devices. And that is what worries me the most. I too have suffered, and yes, some of which came by means of my own hands. I would love for you to join me and walk alongside me as we navigate this wonderful, beautiful, sometimes frightening thing we call life. Let's find out what we're made of, and perhaps we can find ways we can do it better. Help me to unearth skills to dig deep in search of proverbial water that heals. Let's learn how to bloom wherever we find ourselves not just where we're planted, and uncover the source of our own innate personal happiness. Come on now, let's do this together. All right. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. I am so excited. I have a guest here. Her name is Diane Gibbs. Let me give you just a little bit of background, just how I know Diane. She has become a good friend of mine. And how it happened was we were in a cohort together. Um, and we ended up getting put into what um, they're called pods. So it was a smaller group from the uh, break off from the bigger group so that we could talk and support one another. And we finished this cohort in September. But we are still connecting as a pod and as individuals from that pod. And so I consider Diane not just um, somebody from this course, but I consider her a friend. And I'm so excited because as I'm moving to Indiana, um, I will be closer to her and I hope to be able to connect with Diane on a you know real live level and not just through Zoom. But um, I'm gonna let Diane tell you a little bit about herself. So without further ado, this is Diane Gibbs. Hi, Diane, and thank you so Hi. much for agreeing to be on here. Oh, I would do anything for you, Allison. I just love you. I When we got connected through our pod, I was so thrilled. And you talked about your artwork and the things that you did in your meditations in your life. And I was just so drawn to you. So when you asked me to participate, I was like, yes, I'd do anything I love for you. So, um, yeah, I have been, oh goodness, I've got a lot going on. I'm a founder of uh, Gibbs Goodies, which is this um, yummy snack line that I created. It's all natural. It, they're healing. They're healthy. They are nutritious and oh, so delicious. And I what the that. little treats are, they're called sticky balls. I'm working my way across Chicagoland, knocking on doors um, and seeing where the opportunities are for the balls. And um, nice. so that's one of the things I'm doing. I'm so excited for where this is headed. Yeah. And then so on top of that, I have a podcast. And I the podcast that. is called The 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking. 
And so I've gotten, I've done about 32 episodes. Um, super proud of myself for doing that. Yeah. And I have been doing that solo. Um, when I originally came up with the idea, this Kathy Heller, like mm-hmm. started talking about a podcast. It had never been my intention. I, I was writing a book and or we're going to write a book. And um, then my friends and I have been laughing about our stories for years. So I'm like, this is perfect. We're going to tell our stories. And so once I brought it up to my friends, they're like, no, we're not. We're not telling those stories with you. And I was super surprised. And I did. I didn't even think that I needed to ask them about how they felt about it. And Mm -hmm. one of the girls was just like, don't mention my name. And I'm like, huh. So I sat down with one of the other girls and just said, how do you feel about this? And then I realized these guys are still in the party. They're still drinking and they're not ready to like share that part. And I've been in the party for 11 years, even though I haven't, even though I've quit. And um, did you quit 11 years ago? I quit drinking 11 years ago. Yes. And so Kathy like ignited this fire to tell the story. And I don't really have any, I don't really have any current issues with alcohol. Like I don't think about drinking ever. I cook with it. It's just not even a, a desire. But the thing that has changed for me this year is just the relationships with friends. And so I've It's been a different, I've observed things and realized that I don't need to stay in that party anymore. Right. It's okay if I step out of it. It's been a long journey. I tell you, I've had a lot of fun and I'm not totally out of it. I still spend time with my friends, but not in the same capacity as I used to. And that's okay. How did that change? I mean, how did your friendships change? How did your friends feel about that? Are they, were they like, we understand or were they, did they I don't have think they completely, negative? they don't like, I just kind of, kind of step back. I it don't know um, to what extent they actually notice. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, I still get invited to things, um, but I just don't necessarily go. You I don't want to, nec- yeah, I don't want to do those overnights as much as I used to because the first night is always so tiring. And, you know, I don't care if people drink, but my friends who I love and adore, no judgment, but their goal is to get wasted. So like we went to a concert and it was seven and my friend's like, I'm not drunk enough. I need a shot. Oh, dang. Yeah. And I know I used to do that. So you said you quit, you said 11 or 13 years ago, 11, 11 years ago. So what made, how, how many years did you drink? How many years were you an alcoholic? Uh, I started at the age of 12. Oh, wow. I quit when I was 43. So can I ask, and you don't have to, you don't have to die, you know, divulge, but what made you want to start drinking in the first place? I mean, I, I drink, you know, not just here and there, but what made you want to start? Oh, it was a thing to do. Oh yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting. I grew up in East Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a movie writ, uh, that is about our, our high school. Um, oh, my gosh. American Pie. No way. So, <laughs> so everything that happened in that movie really happened. We were just our lives were all revolved around drinking. Like, OK, whose parents are leaving? Where, you know, we're going to a football game. Some parents are going to pre-party over here. Let's go to that parent's house. We'd steal their alcohol drink, get drunk, go to the, the sporting events. 
do everything was revolved around drinking wow. always 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 did you come yeah. from parents that drank too heavily any alcoholism in your family not you know my parents would say my that the, my mom would say her parents drank a lot um but i they were just like but they weren't they were i never experienced any bad side effects with my grandparents drinking right. that was just there was cocktail hour no one ever was misbehaving no one was obnoxious it no one was falling down. It wasn't like, let's have another shot. And right. that's just what we did. My parents are super conservative. The reason I even had any alcohol to steal from them was because they didn't drink. Huh. And so, and, and because it wasn't just me, my older sister, I have, there's four of us. My oldest sister didn't drink. Then my next sister drank and then I, and then my little brother. And so when my parents would have friends over, and would make them a cocktail. They're like, hey, Dave, there's something up with this drink because there is nothing. There's no alcohol in it. And they'd like, <laughs> Did you guys go to the- like water? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my word. Yeah. So we did that. And so, yeah, wow. that was. Um, and my parents, God bless them. I know that I am where I'm at now um, and I'm safe and I'm okay because of the, the prayers and the blessings that they prayed over their children's lives so that yeah. we would be safe and th- that no harm would come to us. And I really felt God's protection over my life because I do have 420 reasons why I quit drinking. I have crazy ass stories, but I don't have any really horrible you know, nothing really which horrible. Is, They're which just... is amazing for how many years you drank yeah. and that sort of a thing. So what, so what spurred you at, did you say 42? 43. Yeah. 43. What spurred uh, you at 43 to quit? Well, you tried before? I have tried for years. I mean, I was leaning over the toilet, praying to God, like, just don't let me vomit anymore. And I will quit. I never hauled up my end of the bargain. Um, but, uh, my big problem with drinking was the blacking out. And I also really, I had the case of the, I can't stop. So that led to my blacking out. So I would just drink, drink, drink until I was gone, not realizing it. And so I'd wake up in the morning with this anxiety, with terrors going, what did I do? Like, and we didn't have the phones in those that capacity, mm-hmm. so you could see what I mean. We did have phones and all, but you don't, you couldn't see like the um what you were doing. I guess I should say the social media wasn't as prevalent because I could go back and I could go, oh gosh, did I call that person? And I would go down into my garage and go, okay, did I drive home last night? Taking my clicker to see if it would click, and um so the anxiety that I woke up with on a daily basis, I didn't really, I wasn't hung over, but it was that mental stress of going, Oh my gosh, what did I do? So a thing that broke finally that broke the, um, I can't, the camel's back was mm-hmm. I had been involved. My company had a big um, rebranding and I was part of um, the, this big conference. So it was here in Chicago. There was a party going on each night. Um, each night, like I was uh, the first night we were out partying um, at one of the local bars. And like, I woke up in the morning 
at my hotel room and I was like fully dressed. Like, oh gosh, how did the night end? And then we went out the next night and the same thing happened. Um, and I woke up on Sunday morning going, oh shit, here I am. But you know what? Thank God I was in my hotel room. Thank God. No, right. Laid next to me. Thank God I had my clothes on. So right. these things. So on that Monday morning, um, and you know, once again, I woke up with this anxiety, like, oh my gosh, what did I do? But that Monday I got a call from a coworker that asked me if I remembered what happened, um, on Saturday night. And I go, and I usually lied because I'm like, oh, sure. You know, like <laughs> putting the piece. So yeah, I was at the party and then I took the bus back to the hotel and she's like, you didn't. And I go, well, she goes, you went out and you went to the bar and you got escorted out. You got kicked out of a bar. And I'm like, wow. And I had heard some other stories about some other um, reps that had gotten really wasted. And yeah, I didn't even know what happened. And so I just was so frightened that I just said, oh my gosh, I'm done. And I surrendered and I stopped drinking that day. That day. I, I, yeah. And I had just started dating this guy and we had dated for two weeks and he played me back messages for me from that weekend. Me going, yeah, yeah, I love you. And I'm like, I just started dating him. What the hell am I saying? Like, Whoa. not cool. And I told him, I go, I think I need to quit smoking pot because I eat too much. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that phone call, I go, I need to quit up drinking alcohol. And he goes, whatever you need to do, I support you. And um, oh. I quit then and there. I had three people that supported me. My um, personal trainer who didn't drink. Mm-hmm. I had another friend who had um, wasn't drinking. Uh, he had had big struggles and lots of crap that happened to him. And then another girlfriend from work who um, didn't have a drinking problem. She had a, um, had a, a drug tr- problem and she had been to like um, rehab. So she kind of knew those resources and mm-hmm. she's like, we can go to AA. I'll be your support. And wow. from the, and I, I had my boyfriend, but he was drinking and he didn't even get what was what I really needed to do. I mean, he was super supportive. Right. But I was I didn't leave the party as I mentioned. Like my friends are still in the party. I stayed in the party until like more so until like now. I mm-hmm. kind of like I don't need to be there. I'm not drinking with them. I am smoking. I I um I'm a pot smoker 420 and my nickname is Doobie Die. Um and but it was it was really interesting to um, do that. Nobody was like, oh, let's have a sober night for our friend. I'm like, hey, it's all my problem. You guys keep on going. I'm going to be here and try to stay in it. And to I didn't. I was afraid of losing friendships. I was afraid of who I really, who was I without alcohol? Right. How do I do this without well, you've alcohol? You've done it for so many years. It, it kind of defined you in some ways, right? It did because I was the crazy life of the party. party. And how am I not going to be the life of the party without that alcohol? I didn't, I hadn't ever gone in that capacity. I didn't know. I was scared. I I, I was, what was my life going to be like? I know somebody had told me, I was suggesting I do a cleanse mm-hmm. and she's like, it's two weekends. And I'm like, 
two weekends, like I could go one weekend maybe without drinking, but that's like seven days. How do you do seven days without drinking? And then, then you're going to make me do two weekends. And I didn't do it. Cause I'm like, that's not gonna, how do I do that? And, and then when I did, it was just one day, one day at a time. Wow. One day at a time. And it wasn't until like, so I've got, this has been 11 years since I quit. It wasn't until about seven years ago, maybe six years ago, I was with my buddy. I was after a food show and we were talking about like, I'm like, I haven't drank since I was with you guys. And they're like, what? Wow. And I said, the last time I drank was at that food, um, that conference. And they're like, no way. And I go, I don't even know what I did that night. And they go, we know because we escorted you out. And I finally got the pieces of the puzzle that I did not even know. So these guys are like, oh, you were just really wasted. You know, like leaning sideways, not, you know, cross-eyed, totally. They could tell I was vacant. And so two of my buddies escorted me to a cab. And got me in the cab with one of the guys. They took me back to the hotel and um, we walk into the hotel. My buddy's like got a hold of me. He says hello to somebody. And then I kept on wandering, got to the um, uh, elevators and then went to my room. And that was it. So it wasn't anything like that I was so frightened about. So many years though, you thought it could have been, right? I know. That is, I know. And it's so funny that I never went and asked them, but I was always so afraid. You know, you just are afraid. You don't want to admit that you don't remember anything. Or that you don't really want to know if it was something terrible, right? Often we don't. We push that down and we're like, I don't know that I want to know what I did. I'm amazed. I'm amazed that you stood, stayed in the party as a non drinker amongst drinkers. That has got to have been like, at times almost torturous, but, but well, I'll tell you, I'm a weird one about this because even after I wasn't drinking, there was a friend that had this party called an hors d'oeuvre. And so you go and you bring your hors d'oeuvres and it's a big, you vote on who has the best hors d'oeuvre. Well, that year he, um, had a, um, a category for alcoholic beverages. (laughs) I entered it being a non drinker because I had this awesome drink. It was called like a um, apple pie. It was so good. Now I didn't get first place and I couldn't even sample my product. Everybody else had to, but I came in second for having. So I still did that shit. I still was like, not, I knew I couldn't drink, but I still wanted to be involved in it. Hmm. Yeah. So do you feel, so where you said now you finally left the party, right? Do you feel a shift? Do you feel a difference? And why did you finally decide that you did leave the party? You know what I mean? Why is it okay that you're not a part of it anymore? Um, You know, I was so afraid of uh, like the shift in friendships and that I wouldn't be a part. I had that FOMO crap. I was fearful of missing out on something. So what (laughs) shifted though for you that you don't feel like you need that anymore? The shift was being around my friends and just seeing their behavior and being tired of it. And like you go to the party and 
I got, I started going to the party earlier so I could have those one-on-one conversations and have that quality time. I realized I'm a quality time person. That wasn't any form of quality time. It's not wasting time, but I just didn't want to give my time up in that manner anymore. I was tired of that. So that was one thing. I just was like, and then looking at my friends and seeing what they were continuing to do. And I'll tell you, I have a lot of friends that drink. And people don't drink in the capacity that my friends do. And I say that East Grand Rapids thing is so it is. It's very intense in this community. And and so the drinking and doing shots to get drunk is what it is. Now, I have other friends that drink, but they're not like they're just drinking casually and like enjoying it. Drinking. Yes. And so I was just like the shift was. I'm tired. I can't do this anymore. I don't need to be around this environment anymore. I figured like my friends would, I don't even, no disrespect to them, but I would figure they'd like grow up and grow out of it. Like so many people do, or they don't drink in the same capacity. Right. But that's not the case. Yeah. And I, I've noticed this. I noticed it like I'm 54. I noticed it at my 40, my 50th birthday. We went to Jamaica And I was just like, these girls are all wasted. I'd actually given up smoking pot for 90 days before I went on my 50th birthday because I was looking at getting a a new job. And uh, and so I'm completely sober. I'm not even smoking pot with these guys. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, I felt a huge disconnect. And I just kind of. How could you not? I mean, yeah, you were not anything I, that they were anymore. I couldn't relate to the conversations. I just sat there. I didn't even feel like they even I was even included. I finally, after a couple of days, said, we have to do something because I can't do this in this capacity. We need to go out. We need to go to a beach. We're not going to sit here and drink. We're not going to go over to the um, the country club and hang out and just drink and lay out all afternoon. I need more than this and we did it one day and then they just got really wasted and they couldn't even participate in the same capacity and I said Lord Jesus I love these girls that was my last trip in that capacity and um and now I know like I need to continue to like step back and then really it was this year that I realized they're like not on the same page and I'm like oh we haven't been on the same page in years I don't know why I've been trying to be there. And, and I can still go to the party and there's times that I stay till one o'clock in the morning, but there's also, I can leave at 10. I am sober. I can get in my car and drive home and go away from this. That gives, and it gives you a power though. Don't you feel like it gives you power over yourself, your own life, your own decisions that you weren't actually having when you're um, passed out, you know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, like I said, I have drank, I do drink here and there, but, um, I can't imagine I would wake up fearful after seeing and realizing I don't remember what happened the night before. And that was when I started drinking, I didn't even start drinking till I was around 40. Right. (laughs) Did you know that? No, I didn't my know first that. Drink, my first drink was like around 40. I can't remember the exact. You think I would have remembered that. But um, I got drunk 
one time. I've never been like blackout drunk or anything like that. Never throwing up, but enough that I was confused as to the series of events, right? The, the night before. Um, and was worried that I didn't fully remember everything. And that scared me enough that I said, I don't ever want to drink to the excess that I can't remember what I did, who I was with, you know, because at least in my own right, it was so frightening, such a testament to your strength. I'm just, I mean, talk about resilience, holy shit balls, not, not, not your gib balls, but (laughs) (laughs) I am just ever so impressed. And honestly, you, so you have this podcast that is like 420 reasons why you quit drinking. So tell us some, tell us a couple of the reasons why you quit drinking. I mean, you, you told us some of those, but like in your 420 reasons, I can't believe you have 420 reasons, but uh, tell me, tell me a couple of them. Um, So I've definitely had run-ins with the law. Um, my biggest reason, um, well, my craziest story I haven't even told yet because I escaped arrest. I got out of a police car. I got my handcuffs, um, off. I got my car back and I left town. Now, when I tell that story, I want to tell it with somebody that was there. And, um, and my brother, I think is going to go on and tell that one, but really I've had, um, in every decade I had an experience with the law and, I did a lot of walking in my sleep. So that was a big thing. I was the walking and the sleeping up and um, I, I recorded how I got up and I pissed on my roommate's bed and she was in it. And like, no, I told that story right before I went to my college reunion and I sent everybody a copy of it. And they were like, we're so sorry that we yelled at you. We're so sorry that we weren't like there for you. And I go, honey, we were in college. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> of course I'm going to be horrified that someone pissed on my bed too. Right. Those were some of the things, uh, encounters with the law. How about going home in the wrong car with a valet? I brought the oh. wrong car home. Oh yeah. Like oh, that one goodness. was a crazy. So I, I, you know, and so I was so fortunate that like, there was really good people that were like around me in Chicago. When I moved, I had some um, guys in my garage that were just saints that just would keep an eye out for me and make sure that I got up to my place. I mean, that one about the valet, I I really highlight what a wonderful man Daryl was because he just was always watching out for me. And I'm just so fortunate for that. I was the maid of dishonor at my best friend's wedding. Yeah, I was so wasted the day before I get up to give a toast. They clap before I'm done. And, um, and uh, like, that was that was just a rehearsal dinner. And then the next day was their wedding. And I was so hungover. I puked so much. I popped all these blood vessels in my eyes. I couldn't really function and talk. And then I actually was supposed to give a toast to the bride and groom and I wasn't really a big fan of the groom. And so I brought homemade bread from my restaurant and a toaster, popped it into the the toaster and said, here's your toast. Yeah. So, and I thought that was okay. And um, yeah, there's many, there's so many, like there was this, 
and my best friend, she's always been so supportive and, and, and loving. And she, um, like I would go to her parties. She would have a nice party out in the suburbs. We we're all dressed up. And what would I do? I would pass out at the party in the middle of the party in her family room where people are walking through with a dress with my legs up. Like she'd come and go, Oh dear, Diane, let's pull on your dress. It just goes on. You and know, so can I just tell you though, what I love about you, Diane is your honesty. Like your outright honesty about this. You're not trying to sugarcoat it. You're not trying to pretend you didn't do these things. And I love that. I mean, how raw and honest you are about this. I just, yeah, I'm sitting here in awe of you. Really? You have touched my heart by your. Thank you. The hard stories are coming. The hard stories are coming. And uh, I just met this lady. Haven't met her personally yet, but she's been reading out of her diaries. And I, I have my diary from ninth grade and I'll tell you, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but my biggest regret is that I gave up my virginity to alcohol and at a very early age. And I, I thought that three times in this diary, I said, oh, I need to get drunk and get wasted so that the guy could take advantage of me. Like, what is that? That's really sad. And, and, and that's what like, and I'll tell you when I quit drinking and the guy that I mentioned to you, mm -hmm. he was my first sober relationship. Wow. His name was Lou and he actually, he died a year after we met and it was four days before my year sobriety date. And wow. I was so afraid that I was going to forget everything about it, our relationship. And God reminded me that I was sober and I wasn't blacked out. Oh my gosh. And I could remember my stories, my time with him. And that was the biggest blessing ever. That is beautiful. Ever. So, gosh, I would have been like, I would have had tons of regret if, he would have died and I couldn't remember our year together. And I just was blessed with that. And he had his, he lived his best life that year. The best life of his, I mean, he just lived it and he was so happy. And I'm so glad to have been a part of it. That is beautiful. I just look at you, Diane, you are the epitome of resilience. I want to tell you why I think that you no longer need to be, to the party is because all of the work you've done on yourself, the new relationships that you've made in um, some of these cohorts and, you know, business ventures. And there is just so much more to life to you than there was before. That's no longer what is life, right? But you, you'd started that at such a young age. This is just my, my feelings on this, but in looking at you and listening to your stories and knowing you, you are so much more than the alcohol. You're beautiful. You glow. You are 
you have so many good ideas. I want to tell you guys that. Um, <laughs> so we have these Zoom calls that we've done with our pod and I would be in a stuck place and it was Diane that would be like, well, Allison, you can do this and you can do this and you can do this. And I was just sitting there with my mouth agape at her ideas. And I'm like, well, I never thought of that. Well, I never thought of that, you know, and it is just, I mean, it's beautiful. I love that. How much you bless the lives of other people, let alone how much your own life has been blessed from what you're doing. Right. Yeah. I love that, Diane. That is. Yeah. I would love to help people um, envision their life. Because when I met you, I heard what you were doing and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so great. Why don't you do this meditation? And then we can do a painting class. And you were, I was putting your pieces together of what you did. And I was just like, you're such and a beautiful comes soul. Naturally though, to you, that comes naturally to you. That is who, that is part of who you are. I love that. Yeah. Not everybody has that gift. Well, and I was just talking to my therapist yesterday. I go, I have so many ideas. I just want to do them all. And she gave me the idea of starting an idea jar. And I can still write down my ideas and I can put it in the jar and I can come back to it when it's time. I adore that idea. I've actually written that down because that's, I'll get like downloads from the universe and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've already got so many things going on. I don't know that I can remember that, but just writing it down and putting it in a jar to save it for another day, then I can pick that out and be like, ah, uh, yes. I actually still write, I've been, I write down ideas in like, um, in my computer and OneNote as well. So I can uh, go back because yeah. I've been involved in outreach. I love doing outreach in the community. And I'm like, okay, look, at, we can do this with this partner. And this is what we can do with the church. And we can make these rocks and spread kindness and love. And who you are. Like, my mind just on and on. I, so, yeah. yeah, you have got so many beautiful things going on. So many beautiful things. Um, but I'm what I see, I just lost, I'm early Alzheimer's onset. Well, you know, that's one thing that I see with al my friends with alcohol. I have a friend that has like, um, Alzheimer's. So as soon as yes. she starts drinking, she loses, like it is, I've never seen anything so quickly. And that's really hard to see. Well, there I mean, is like actually a thing that, I mean, it will bring on Alzheimer's quicker, those types of things, right? Um, yeah. You know, I That's mean. That's hard to watch. There's so many things, though, that alcohol can. <laughs> yes. Yes. My second husband was an alcoholic, so is, yeah. is an alcoholic, but. Yeah. Well, and I actually wouldn't consider myself an alcoholic anymore. I don't really relate to that. I know mm -hmm. I had a drinking problem during that time but alcohol is like doesn't have a it doesn't hold on like it's there but it doesn't have a hold on me it doesn't have a place in my life I love that it doesn't like I don't think about oh gosh maybe I'll have that drink tonight I never think about that ever that and I'm very fortunate for that as well absolutely it doesn't have any hold on you that is so amazing especially where you started it's such a a transformative age. Oh my gosh. That's like puberty. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. That's all we did. That's, I drank on at school at high school. I was in ninth grade going to school wasted. We had a two hour lunch. They should never have given us that much time. We would go on Fridays. 
like one of the girls, one of the times we did it, we didn't realize our friend wasn't mixing her vodka with orange juice and she was doing it straight. We go back to school. We're in three different classrooms. We get word that our friend has now been taken to the hospital and um, she was getting her yeah, she was getting oh. her stomach pumped. She was came she came out of class. They found her in the bathroom throwing up. Um, I like bolted out of school early. So did my other friend. And I didn't even know until this year when I went to go tell the story. I called up my girlfriend. Uh, the girl that got um went to the hospital. Her dad was the police chief. Oh my goodness. And I thought it was the schools calling asking my parents if we were to, with her, but it was really the police. And my mom's like, my daughter, she would never do that. And I was like, I'm sorry, mom. I did. And I'm eating peanut butter so I don't smell like alcohol. Or You even have talked to your parents about this. I mean, and you told them about the podcast and everything, right? I did. And they said, oh, we're so excited for you, Diane. We're so proud of you and everything you're doing. But we're not sure if we can listen. And I said, thank you, Lord, (laughs) for bringing this up. Cause I, I go, it's okay. You don't have to listen. You've lived it and you don't. And when there's a good story that, you know, won't make you go, then I'll share that with you. And so I, um, my sister actually will send them to my parents. I don't necessarily let my call my parents and go, Oh, you can listen, listen. Mm -hmm. And so my siblings will like kind of pick and choose and, uh, like I called off my wedding. That was another one. And my parents were happened to be there. I was at another wedding. I called it off at two 30 in the morning. I realized I wasn't supposed to get married. And uh, mm-hmm. so my parents were there. I went and knocked on their door and I got in bed with them. Like I did when I was a little girl and cried for hours and they said it was okay. They were just so loving. What loving parents. Oh, they're the most generous people ever. I'm so blessed. Oh, Diane. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that. So my Gibbs goodies is a, a revision and it's a revival of what my grandfather started. Oh and I'm taking it back to the streets. Mine is a healthier version, but it's still <laughs> super delicious. And it was so neat. My dad was telling the stories about like the work, the people that worked in my grandfather's factories were all the um uh the farmers the the wives in the community that all came and they made these apple dumplings and they made them with all this extra love and that's what oh, I'm putting in mind too that is so. beautiful what a legacy that he left and what yeah. a legacy that you're continuing i don't care if yes. it's rebranded i don't care if it's a revision it still yeah. has that same effect right hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm the fifth generation in the food business and this oh is a goodness. family legacy and we're, you know, and I love giving back to the community. So however, this is going to all work. Like I, I just want to be able to like receive and then pour out generously. Is what I know that you will. will continue to happen. I um, love it. Oh my gosh. Our time here has been so blessed so blessed by you and I am so ever amazed by you and love you with all my heart Um, thank you for having me absolutely I was gonna let you guys know I will put in the show notes um, everywhere that Diane can be found but she can even tell us where 
where your podcast is and um, yeah, tell us what, where we can find you. Yeah. So my podcast, uh, the and it's 420 reasons why I quit drinking Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, any place where you find podcasts. And then I'm on Instagram at Diane with a double E Gibbs. Um, I do have a 420 um, Instagram. I don't use it as much as I use my regular Diane. So you can find me there. And um, my podcast comes out every Wednesday. Um, So, and I'm, you know, and I'm putting out there, I'm looking for, um, I'm going to start doing some interviews. since my friends didn't want to participate, I've got other people that said that they would step up. So I'm putting that out there to like have more people um, participate with me. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so Um, much. Yes. I wish you every, every good thing that life has to offer. Thank you. You're a blessing. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you so much. What a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. So much goodness and so many tidbits to take away from today's conversation. I hope that this episode caused you to pause, to think, to feel, and maybe dig deeper in the search for resilience within yourself, whatever that may look like to you. I hope that some of you were able to find things here to add to or to help you hone tools you've already acquired in your individual search for resilience. I can't wait to see you next time.